podcast. We are here with episode 36, incredible to say that out loud, feels good, of our Penguin Little Black Classics review collection. We are here with a collection of maxims today, which I'll get into in just a minute, by Johann Wolfgang von Goethe, which I will probably not pronounce in its entirety again. He was a German philosopher, author, and I guess kind of a naturalist, maybe even a bit of a scientist, which uh, Wikipedia taught me. Among his famous writings are a collection of novels, I guess he published four in his day, um, a whole host of letters and essays that he wrote, criticism on different things, and then some, also some books on scientific topics as well, and apparently plants was of Plants were of great interest to him, which again I learned by uh, doing some light Googling. The collection that Penguin has assembled here for me to review is it's about 55 pages, about our usual length, and the title is Sketchy, Doubtful, Incomplete Jottings. I think a really kind of perfect title for it since it scatters about and sort of rushes from topic to topic. As I mentioned, it's a collection of maxims. If you've stuck with or been with our podcast before, we did another collection of technically aphorisms, but they felt very similar, and that was by Friedrich Nietzsche, another, um, I think he was German or Austrian, but from a similar region of the world. Uh, And I think that is the immediate comparison I felt when I was reading through this. It felt extremely similar to the Nietzsche. Um, If you didn't listen to that episode, feel free to go do so. It's on the feed. Um, And if you don't want to, then I reviewed it a three. That's a that's my recommendation. It's I think Ryan and I both reacted quite strongly to it. We thought stylistically it was really working for us. It was concise but developed enough to be provocative and not um, what I think in 2020 we would call trolling type behavior. It didn't feel like he was throwing things out there to be provocative but actually developing the ideas. That collection was also, in a way, intriguing and infuriating in its ideas. There, there was plenty of it to ponder and consider, and certainly I think you'd come away from reading the Nietzsche thinking, yeah, there were some helpful insights about my life in there, but also there's he throws out some kind of firebombs too, and it can be frustrating to read, but I think that kind of leaving you with that much to ponder and debate is, I think, a, in, in total a good thing. And lastly, it was pretty accessible. It's not really the most dense philosophy, you know, for a writer, author, and um, thinker known for his, like, philosophical contributions. I think you can get into that Nietzsche collection pretty easily and honestly wouldn't put any reader off too much. And so, again, for us on the show, that was a three strong recommendations. I would still keep my recommendation at that level. This um, collection, then, by, by Goethe stood out as a spiritual successor in a way, or very similar. It's a collection of maxims that I think is a literary format feels the most similar. And to be clear, the Penguin Collection here has taken us through a lot of different literary formats we've done just to list off some. Lots of short stories, including some fables, fairy tales, and myths. Done all that different stuff. We've done lots of different poetry, some of it brief, some of it dense and longer, like the romantic poets that we've covered. There's been a lot of nonfiction essays, some nonfiction advice giving, also some nonfiction correspondence and just letters, so things perhaps not intended to be published. And we loop back around now to to aphorisms or maxims. And uh, before we get into Goethe's collection, let's run through what a maxim is, and we'll use and consult my Penguin Literary Dictionary to help us with that endeavor. They define maxim as follows, and I think it's a, it's a perfectly fitting description. It is a proposition, often barely distinguishable from an aphorism, and closely related to a penace, penice, 
I don't know what that word is. Literary uh, terminology is it's extensive. Um, it looks French, but anyway. Which consists of a pithy, succinct statement, usually a sentence or two, though it may run to more, which contains a precept or general truth about human nature and human conduct. It's a perfect description and a perfect setup then for what um, Goethe or what they've collected here from him. I don't know if he published these originally in one you know, collection or set, or if they drew these from various works of his. Usually it seems like these, when authors would publish these collections of maxims, they would be yeah, in a concise volume. I know, again, that's how Nietzsche's work has been presented to me in the past when I've looked it over and read through it. So this felt familiar in a sense. And I think in that way, it's also very digestible. This is a collection that could be picked up by just about anyone. You could flip through at your leisure. You don't have to read in any order. They can group these by theme, but they... And they sort of lightly did. Penguins, some of them have connections between one another. But for the most part, you could kind of just flip randomly to, or at your leisure and come across a lot of different topics, including art and literary criticism, thoughts on just basic behavior and interactions between friends, thoughts on love and romance. He kind of runs the gamut here of topics. And I think if I had to make another immediate literary, um, maybe not capital L literary comparison, it really does feel like the 18th century equivalent, or 19th century, I guess he wrote in both, equivalent of just tweeting, you know? These are just old German tweets that have been dug up, because it's often a, a quick, as the definition said, pithy statement with no context, no elaboration. It's just sort of presented to you as something you should accept as a capital T truth, which can be both, you know, enlightening and frustrating, and sometimes in equal measure. I've been doing uh, more experimental episodes for these reviews when I'm doing the podcast solo, and I'm going to continue that streak today. I think because of the brevity of these maxims and just because of the way the collection reads when you're engaged with it over long periods, you know, again, if you're reading one or two of these off the top and that's it, then it'll take 30 seconds of your time and you can move on. But if you're going to read multiple pages, it can be kind of dense in a sense, which is weird to say because it doesn't overwhelm you with thoughtfulness, it just overwhelms you with volume of thoughts. There's just a lot of different topics to sift through. Um, but because of the brevity of it all, and because each one is so brief, I decided to finally kind of call our own bluff on the podcast and go all in on making this a Pinterest comparison episode. Now, if you're new to the podcast, welcome and thank you. Um, but if you are not new, then you know that we've referenced Pinterest kind of as a joke since it's a social media thing and website we don't really engage with. We kind of know its reputation and the gist of it. I certainly have nothing against Pinterest. It's not like we're making fun of it at its expense. We just have joked about it in the past and, you know, Ryan, neither Ryan nor I kind of delved into it. But I decided to go deep this week and actually explore Pinterest and take our own joke to its, push it to its limits here um, with the Gotha. If you don't know what Pinterest is, I can happily give you a summary, a brief one. It is essentially a social media platform based on sharing ideas and crafts. That's how I would describe it. It's a lot of different posting of things like recipes or it could be decorations designed for a house. I know um, I had some teacher friends who I think use it and maybe even still use it uh, to get ideas for classroom ideas, organization, decoration. It's a very visual platform. It's mostly pictures and then you know brief write-ups and stuff. So it's not like blogs or anything. It's mostly a visual format and it sort of benefits from that. I think that's why people like to scroll through. It's very pretty to look at because everyone has all these interesting uh, and neatly organized ideas that you can go find there. For my methodology, let's break down what I did then. Um, 
I went through Pinterest for about a half an hour, maybe 45 minutes total. You know, I wasn't going to sit on there forever. The show has a, you know, limited budget and time budget, so we can only do so much research. But I spent about 20 minutes under the home decor section and then 20 more minutes under the home decor wall subcategory to check out what kinds of wall decorations and sayings would best fit with, like, Gota's style. What I discovered while doing that was that Pinterest itself as a community, I guess, and this is all light extrapolation, has sort of informally formed around these three categories of wall, acceptable wall decoration. And uh, just to review again, I did about 45 minutes of research, so, you know, I'm no expert. And what I did was I kind of broke out these three categories that I started to notice over time, and I am trying to then analyze uh, Gota's maxims through those Pinterest categories that I have just made up. Let's see if he has anything worth putting on the wall uh, and decorating your home with. I don't know if that'll be so, but maybe he'll fit in better than we would have expected. Let's begin with the first category then that I noticed and decided to group up from from the Pinterest decor and wall decor sections. I'm going to call it the gratitude category or the romance category, and I know those things aren't the same, obviously, but so many of these gratitude wall designs have kind of a couple feel or a marriage feel to them. They use the word together a lot. I pulled some exemplars, and I did this for all the categories. Uh, Here's two exemplars that use together. One says, and so together they built a life they loved, and another says, together is my favorite place to be. Which, that's kind of a gratitude thing, you know, acknowledging you love another person and that's what makes you feel at home. It's also, I don't know, a touch romantic. I mean, I doubt you'd give that to a friend, but you certainly could. Way to go for your impressive platonic friendship. There were, of course, some other exemplars that were just outright, you know, romantic. One is a hello gorgeous, hello handsome. I guess you'd put that in a bathroom, maybe, like when you're waking up or something. Another sign said, a perfect marriage is just two imperfect people who refuse to give up on each other, uh, which is very long-winded, but okay, effective. And I think in my findings, I found the word love or phrases about love used in just about every possible permutation you can imagine. Obviously, if you're looking for your own inspiration, and that's a phrase or word you want to use, go search on Pinterest. You'll find all kinds of ideas about ways to incorporate love into some wall decor. Now, let's try and fit uh, let's try and fit Goethe's maxims into this. And I think he comes out really explicitly in terms of gratitude. On page five, he says, Ingratitude is always a kind of weakness. I have never known competent people to be ungrateful. And then much later in the collection on 57, he follows that up with, He who acts as though he's glad and is glad about what he has done is happy. It's a simple notion of happiness, but one worth remembering, I think, at all times, which is you have to be appreciative to be truly happy. You have to acknowledge the good things happening around you and the goodness of others about you. Otherwise, I think it becomes pretty myopic and you become pretty miserable. And I, most of his maxims, I think, bear that out, that idea of being able to see the positive in things. I wouldn't call him an out-and-out you know, optimist or something. I, I don't know if his philosophy has that as like a bedrock to it, um, having not read much of him before, but... I think that comes through in the maxims pretty clearly, and those two have no you know, ambiguity about them. Uh, that said, and I, as I mentioned, I didn't want to paint him as a total optimist. He has a quote on 22, a maxim that says, All we devise and do is exhausting. Happy the man who doesn't get wary. 
which I think is a, a lesson in moderation there, especially compared to the other maxims. It could also just be enhancing the appreciation of, you know, if, if you yourself feel bogged down by things, that makes admiring others, I don't know, all the more sensible in a way. It's like, wow, I, I don't know how they do it. It's so impressive that that person can, you know, pull off their busy life or do all these noble, wonderful things they do. And, you know, I guess that can lead to envy or jealousy too. But in a sense, it makes sense that if he himself finds living life exhausting, that uh, he would be all the more awed by those who can do so much. The final quote I pulled for this gratitude section uh, for Goto is, I guess, kind of a metaphorical interpretation, but it underscores his, I would say, kind of vague admiration for human connection and dependence. He certainly seems, I think the the most offhand or casual way I could phrase it would be to say he's a bit of a hippie vibe in some of these quotes where he's talking about communal space and like people, you know, working together, interdependence, those sorts of ideas. And he has this quote on 30 that says, the flower unfolds its full beauty only through the insect that clings to it, though the dew drop that makes it through, sorry, through the dew drop that makes it glisten, through the calyx from out of which it may be drawing its last sustenance. And it's an idea that I think resonates strongly with some of the other maxims and just has this theme of interconnection to it. And I, again, a lot of his maxims sort of touch on this theme where you have to be able to see connections between others, between people. In this case, you know, he's talking about nature, but I think if we extend that as just a, a metaphor or just extend it to humans and human nature, I, it seems like he would agree that part of having a, an effective, positive life, appreciating life, would be to find those interconnections that make it fulfilling and that make it beautiful and that nothing can be beautiful on its own, that it's all a system together. I certainly don't think you should take my very long-winded explanation that I just gave and make that a Pinterest you know, poster or a Pinterest, uh, what do people do? They take like stained wood and they hang it. They take recovered wood planks and they hang them. Um, that was pretty common on Pinterest. Anyway, I don't think you should turn this explanation into one, but Gota, I think, would fully support the gratitude section or category under wall decor. So way to go, Pinterest. You are keeping his legacy alive, I think. That said, let's move to Pinterest category number two that I noticed. I'm going to call this the advice category. Now, obviously, if you're going to Pinterest, you're a thoughtful person. It's certainly about your home space, your decor, and I doubt you'd want to put anything too aggressive up. And so most of the advice that I noticed on there was pretty, you know, you can say neutral. There's not anything too controversial, I guess. Um, I pulled a couple exemplars again. Things like time is precious, waste it wisely. Kind of funny, but also, again, pretty simple advice. There's a really long one that I noticed. There were a couple of these that were, you know, vertical pieces, very like long rectangles, and they just had a lot of quick hitters like be yourself, laugh often, love deeply, be happy, dream big, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I didn't even copy all of them down. Those can be pretty, I think, a little verbose for me. Not that I'm here to um, to interior decorate for you, of course. There's another one that came up a lot that said choose happy, which I I don't know. I guess I kind of enjoy the grammar of that because it's quicker, but I kind of prefer choose happiness, I guess. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. There's another one I pulled, do more of what makes you happy. So a common theme to all of this, of course, is just finding your happiness and living in it, which is, as far as advice goes, again, I, you know, and not many people are going to disagree with that, I don't think. But would our old friend Gota agree with it? Uh, to a degree, I think so. He, in these maxims, certainly tosses out loads of advice. And I'm going to run through just a couple of categories of his own. He is about certainly controlling destiny, having freedom and independence. 
Um, he's wary of being dominated by others and he wants to retain a kind of independence. He says on page four, if you demand duties from people and will not concede them rights, you have to pay them well, which is an acknowledgement that like, if you're going to dominate others, you have to be, you know, at least a little bit acknowledging that and appreciative of that. He says that anyone who tells on my faults is my master, even if they're my servant, which if we can just push the, the class consciousness to the side is a statement basically just saying like anyone can be superior to anyone else if they are insightful enough and again that ignores some economic realities of that quote that's for certain um and i think i don't know what uh aristocracy gota was involved in or if he was a i don't know an aristocrat or something but i think it's an idea that comes up in a couple of the of the other maxims too which is just you have to be perceptive and alert to what's going on around you and in order to be a person of strength you have to take action on 26 he hits the action part pretty hard when he says try to do your duty and you'll soon discover what you're like Uh, which is you know a classic translation of the you know actions are better than words quote which i do not did not source and don't know the origin of maybe it was from uh from gota and i think broadly speaking the two categories of his advice that would be probably the biggest umbrella, so to speak, would be wanting people to push themselves in their endeavors, especially if they're an artist. He has a lot of commentary in here about what the role of an artist is and how to improve as an artist. And then also to live with purpose and intent. Um, he says on, here's a couple of quotes I pulled from, ones from Nine. It says, there are people who never make mistakes because they never have sensible projects, which is a nice little twist of language, almost a little, I don't know, ironic or paradoxical twist because usually sensible would mean within your powers, but I think, you know, the implication there is obvious, which is if you're not pushing comforts and or if you're not, you know, attempting something difficult, then you'll get caught in a rut and you're not pushing yourself. He follows that up on 17 with a quote I like and think Pinterest-wise could actually fit on a, you know, on a certain decoration or a certain wooden board because of its um, brevity. It says, a good man is always a beginner. If you swap out man for person, I mean, we got a 2020 winner, I think, right there. A good person is always a beginner. It's, again, simple advice and pretty succinct, but worth a reminder for people who feel, I don't know, caught or stuck and they want to, you know, push to a new endeavor, do something new, feel alive again in the most vague sense. That's, a, I think, a pretty good quote. And I'm going to conclude with a couple of my favorite ones from him. Um, he's got a, another kind of cliched one that I really like, though. It's really a person's mistakes that make him endearing, which is, I think, a better way of phrasing it than the quote you often hear, which is, you know, you'll learn a lot from your mistakes. I think that endearing part has an emotional beat to it that I like and that we can find not just learning from failure, but actual, I don't know, revelry in it or sort of not humor, maybe, but sort of fun or humor in it and intrigue. I think that's uh, an emotional beat that I enjoyed. Certainly, he wants you to live with purpose. He says, In the works of man, as in those of nature, what most deserved notice is his intention. And so his advice is it's all about intentionality. Live with purpose, live with direct meaning, and find that. And I think he would believe you're well on your way to a a good, prosperous life. He never directly mentions happiness that I can remember, though maybe a couple of times I may have overlooked some things when I was rereading and pulling quotes but so he doesn't have a a direct commentary on that Pinterest aspect. Though again, I think in a lot of ways from the two categories we've covered so far, both the advice giving and the gratitude, a lot of spiritual and sort of idea succession here between between Gota and Pinterest. So it was kind of a bit of a gem or a mine. 
Though not all minds last forever, that's how gems work, to continue this metaphor excessively. The final category, then, as a transition, was the humor category. Like I said, a lot of the Pinterest signs and decorations are pretty lighthearted in nature. This is where I think we disconnect the most, because in this collection from Gota, there's, I wouldn't say he was trying to be humorous a lot, or he wasn't trying to be philosophical about humor, what makes humor work or what doesn't. Um, some exemplars I pulled from Pinterest, there's a lot of bathroom signs about, you know, about pooping that were jokes about that. Um, my favorite one was please remain seated during the entire performance. So shout outs to all you theater heads out there. Um, there was a pothead one referring to a coffee pot thing, which I guess, sure, why not? As for me, there's one about margaritas, of course. As, as, as for me in my house, we will serve tacos, and then it's like a Bible pat. It's pretending to be a Bible passage, and it says it's from Margaritas 24-7, which, I don't know, that one kind of worked for me, which I'm ashamed to admit. And then um, my least favorite that really just caused me, my whole body, every muscle, every fiber to just tense up, where if I saw this, I would have to just run away from wherever this home is. And it was a sign that said, if your duties be cray, please use the spray. Pragmatic advice to be sure, but <laughs> I don't know how, I don't know how that kind of like, it's, can we even call that slang? It's like lazy, bad slang. You know, it's like when you see people, um, there's a video a couple years ago that went viral. It was like, there was a, a popular song. I think it was like a rapper R&B song. And then these people remade it um, to be about like drinking wine and it was like these parents remade it because they thought it was funny. At some point, you know, I don't know if it's if it's a parents thing, you know, if it's that disconnect of having kids and having your time taken up. But at some point, your parody abilities just die. You know, the only person who's made it work into their oldest age was Weird Al. And I think even he has his limitations. You can't parody things forever. Anyway, that quote didn't work for me at all. I yeah, and it's I think the worst representation of the of the Pinterest humor category. But hey, if you want people to use the spray after they poop, you know I guess that's one way to make that happen. Uh, now back to back to Gota. As I alluded to, he doesn't do well in this humor category. Not a lot of quotes are about that. I think the one part he touches on it the most would be about music. He seems to think that music can only be of two categories, and he says, "quote It's a kind of thing that should never mix the sacred with the profane. That creates quote godless and shoddy music." And so he thinks you can be one or the other, and they're both fine. So in his view, it's like don't contaminate them with each other. You know, it's like milk is delicious and beer is delicious, but don't make beer milk you know for that's a crude analogy but yeah that's kind of what he's getting at here not a fan of the crossover and so I think he might like that kind of like I guess in his mind what would be considered like lowbrow music you know something profane and more fun Uh, and he sort of he sort of implies that but never comes out and describes what that would be and you know leaves us wondering and I don't think this quote that I pulled to end with here is meant to be humorous, though I guess maybe it is. Um, this will be my political commentary for, for 2020 here. I'll leave this without commentary. He says on page 47, quote, people who think deeply and seriously are on bad terms with the public. So, you know, let that one sink in and either agree or disagree and take it up with Gota if you don't. It has been my pleasure to run through these three categories of, uh, of Pinterest connection with Gota. And again, I think as I tried to cover on throughout the journey, 
he came out pretty well. I think, honestly, the amount of gratitude and kind of romance, but gratitude and advice-giving decorations on that website fit in pretty well with him. I don't think you're going to be pulling anything word for word if you're looking for new inspiration, but you might be able to find some stuff. Again, there were some quotes in there, the good person always is always a beginner. That's not so bad. That could definitely go up on a on a wall somewhere, maybe under the barn category or the, I think it was like farmyard wasn't farmyard that's way too crude there's a certain subcategories on pinterest that i thought were pretty intriguing as you can tell i'm not familiar with like interior designer decoration theories so it's something uh i was left to wonder a lot about now given all these comparisons i do think it would be fitting still to end with a review i think it's something i was thinking about as i read and you know i'm always trying to consider for this show Should I say, you have to go read this? Should I say, avoid this completely? And that's how we do reviews on the show, by the way. One, a score of a one just means ignore it. Three means you must go find it. Two is then the middle ground where we can qualified or we can recommend it in a qualified way. And that's where this ends up as a two. I think compared to the Nietzsche, it would be especially impossible for me to go three. Too many of the topics felt a little scattered and random. There were quotes in here and sentences that literally had zero context and made no sense. You know, he brings up like people's names who, unless you're going to go research what he's talking about, it just doesn't make sense out of context. And so I think because it requires that extra incentive or push and because it's a little scattered and random, I just can't say this is like a must read. And again, we just came off of Nietzsche's in this collection and I thought those were just much more thorough. Gota really does commit to the one to two sentence length. There are very few of these maxims that are longer than that. And to me, it felt like kind of a whirlwind to have to push through all of them. Each one makes you think, but then if you're thinking in such a rapid fire way, are you really thinking? That's kind of my, was my reaction to it, which I just felt at times overwhelmed, not in a totally negative way, but in a way that didn't feel satisfying. I can say, for example, Um, coming out of this collection that I don't know if I'll remember anything uh, thorough or not thorough, but um, complete about it. I don't think I'm going to come away remembering, oh yes, that was when I remembered this idea or had this thought. It was a bit of a blitz. And so I don't think I could recommend it fully, but there's plenty of intrigue and interest. And if you're a Pinterest fan, this might be a bit of an untapped resource for wall decor. All right. I hope you enjoyed the, the go-to musings and Pinterest thoughts. Probably the last time we'll dig deep into that website, but never say never. We've made this joke go for so long now, and it's such a bad one, that we probably just can never let it die. Next week, we've got some exciting things coming up. We're going to do another supplemental podcast with my friend Amanda, who I'm going to bring back on. She was such a delight, and I really like chatting with her, so we're bringing her back for a follow-up episode on Gotha. Her and I have both been reading a short novel that he wrote called The Sorrows of Young Werther, which apparently was an international bestseller. That's what the internet tells me. And it was sort of a a huge hit for him and launched his career at a young age um, and inspired some kind of more negative things too we'll get into that on that pod so if you're interested in that that'll be more of a like book club breakdown i think show so a little more in depth because we'll both have finished it and if you're not interested in that well that's too bad but next week i'm also covering a new little black classic and that will be on charles dickens an author everybody says they've read and nobody has including myself though i did try and read tale of two cities in college and gave up uh, maybe halfway through or something Really didn't enjoy it then. I haven't started this collection of, I think it's two short stories, and so my opinion, I will try and keep untainted until I actually read them. So come back next week for some Charles Dickens and go to follow-up, and until then, thanks for listening. We will see you between the classics. Classics.